Hello folks, my name is Girish Pally, the host for Back to Basics, another Back to Basics for another week. We are going to be talking about sales, selling. What is important? How is it important? How do we sell in these type of ways? Because in the olden times, we used to knock on a door and start selling. Now it's a different aspect of it. And we're going to talk about that, what the differences are and what the difference is today and what the difference is going to be in the future if it is the same as today. So we'll figure that out as we go along on this journey in this episode uh, today. His name is Andy, Andy, uh, Andy Paul to be exact. And he's on the call and uh, we're going to invite him into Back to Basics. So Andy, how are you? And thanks for coming to uh, Back to Basics. Gersh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again for coming here and uh, enjoying, uh, you know, being on the show. So before we get into the details of sure. the sales and selling and everything else that we're going to talk about, right? What does what does back to basic mean to you? Focus on the fundamentals, right? Okay. And um, very important in sales. I just actually just wrote a whole book about that. So um, yeah, it's okay. there. Just sort of some core human things we can do that as salespeople, as sales professionals that, excuse me, enable us to connect with our buyers and help them achieve what's important to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you again, Andy, for for coming on the show and explaining uh, your meaning of Back to Basics. And thanks for coming here. Selling and sales. That is a big, huge topic, isn't it? How (laughs) has it changed over the years or has it changed? What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, you look at it at two different levels. I mean, one is the tools we used to sell have yeah. to help help us sell have changed substantially, right? Is is especially over the last twenty years with the advent of sort of cloud based CRM, and now we have our sales engagement, conversational intelligence tools, a sort of long laundry list of of different types of sales tools available. But that doesn't cloak the fact that at heart selling is still a human to human business and the way that we interact with, with the people that we're trying to help uh, that hasn't changed enough actually in my mind. And it was one of the motivations for me to write my book was that in that dimension of it, that dimension of sales in terms of the way we interact with humans and help these other humans, these buyers achieve the things that are most important to them. Arguably we haven't improved at all in the last 15, 20, 30, 40 years. And so I wanted to explore that and and perhaps find a path forward that uh, enables us to get better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you again. But, you know, uh, the reason why I asked this is uh, let's talk about, let's say, call centers and customer service, customer service mm-hmm. in general, okay? Mm-hmm. That has changed over the years. You know, the IVR sure. has been more personalized. But I think when we click on the number one or number two for sales, uh, we always need a human connection. And it seems like we connect that way when we do selling. I, I thought we're going ahead when it comes to the automation part, but that I think sales is always human connection, uh, connection isn't it? Or well, what, are what are your thoughts on that? It depends on the product, right? We've There's a certainly, again, in the aftermath of the creation of Amazon and e-commerce, there's a, a much broader selection of products that we feel comfortable buying without talking to a human. Hmm. But on the other hand, there's still a huge number of products that 
that as buyers, buyers want to be able to talk to a human because they want to make sure that they're on the right track, really. I mean, it's not like buyers can't go out these days, can't go out and gather lots of information online about products and companies and there's you know, user review sites and so on. There's no shortage of information, but mm. oftentimes in a, in a company making a, a purchase decision carries with it some element of risk yeah, for the yeah. company, perhaps for the individual themselves, from a career perspective. So part of their motivation for wanting to talk to sellers is to say, hey, have we really thought this through? Are we thinking about this the right way? Is there something we hadn't thought of? And they hope that the human seller can help them understand that better. But then the example that you gave was Amazon, right? But Amazon has been there for the longest time. But what about the people who are starting fresh? I mean, they have to start selling as mm. a human connection to find out what you're selling and and how you're selling and what you're selling and how much you're selling and all that. Well, depending, stuff, right? Yeah, depending on the business, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, yeah. if you have something that's more consumer oriented or a relatively low price, I mean, we're seeing now in the software world, this whole idea of product led growth, which is, uh, you know, sort of unattended by a a seller it's sort of back in the days of the freemium model or a low cost entry point, which you can then scale up without ever talking to a salesperson. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's certain, certain class of products that works for, but again, if you're dealing with something at some level of complexity or some element of risk, then buyers want to talk to a seller. Now they'll make a decision which seller they want to talk to. Is this a seller that's just you know, self self-interested, you know, pushy, persuasive seller, you know, sort of stereotypical, then yeah, yeah, they really don't have time for those people. That's but right. for salespeople who are there to really listen to the buyer, to understand what's most important things to the buyer, and then said, help them get that, then buyers have time for those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you again, uh, Andy, for explaining that. Now, the world that we're going in is virtual-based, right? And mm. everything is really e-commerce, as you mentioned, right? Do you think sometime in my lifetime or your lifetime, do you think that the shops and retails are tata bye or are they still here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not really an expert in that field, but my own own opinion is that just start with the, the fact that they're still here. Yeah. So, you know, what's going to change in the next 20 years? It says, look, um, you know, Best Buy will go out of business. I mean, right. the fact is that that's still a very substantial fraction of consumer electronics purchases are made through brick and mortar stores. That's what right. happens is people research it online, but there's still you know, a broad swath of people that want that validation in the decision they made by going into a store and talking to a sales clerk. Yeah. And yeah, you know, similarly with, with auto buying. I mean, everybody, Claims on one hand, they hate going to auto dealerships and dealing with the salespeople there, but they provide a service. Yeah, I mean, because you can certainly buy almost any car you want online today without ever going into a dealer. Yet, yeah, not most most people don't do that. Of course, and and so I think it's part of that is they want that. I said that reassurance that they're making the right choice, uh, the validating of the decision. And yeah, I don't see that going away anytime soon. I think that the alternatives become more sophisticated, hmm. uh, more tuned into people's individual preferences and will make it easier. Hmm. But yeah, it's a human personality type. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you again, Andy, for, for explaining that. And I know you're no expert, but I just wanted to pick your brain to see where, where do you think that we're all going and, uh, you know, from your opinion too. So thank well, you again for that. It's all going to get more, more automated, more intelligent, said more yeah. tuned into our preferences because it's going to. And, and, and the reason why I'm mentioning all these type of questions and similar questions on my other shows is because slowly we're getting into the metaverse. And slowly we'll get into the the non-human touch, <laughs> a new human connection, as we say. Uh, so it's sure, but it depends. Again, it'll depend on the type of product and service you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah, I think that um, as you know, we see these examples already. Is is you know there are already AI-driven applications that say used in medical decision making that say, okay. hey, here's yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Patient or Mr. and Mrs. Patient, you know, here are the alternatives for this this procedure you need to go through. Here are the risks, blah, 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 blah. And research has shown that, yeah, actually they they make those applications probably make a better recommendation, perhaps, than a human doctor. People yeah, still want yeah. a human doctor. You know, it's something that's life-threatening, something that that is a major medical is, is people want that assurance. And so I'm not sure if that ever goes away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again um, uh, for explaining that. So people who are online, please do comment and ask any questions. Uh, maybe I missed something. Maybe it's a sales question. Maybe it's a selling question. Or what is the difference between the two? What are the differences between the two, Andy? What, what are your <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, yeah, I mean, sales is a noun and selling is the verb right there you go, there you go. The exactly exactly yeah so thank you again so andy you created this book called sell without selling selling out sell sell, sell without selling out yeah so explain that uh, how did this name come up and and uh what is this all about well what's about is is basically drawing a line in the a line in the sand and saying look yeah, there are these obsolete legacy sales behaviors that we're all familiar with that we see in popular culture. Maybe we've experienced them at, yeah, perhaps an auto dealer. Not to anything wrong with most people, are very professional within auto dealers, but is this, I said, sort of pushy, persuasive, maybe a little sleazy, or comes perception as being a little sleazy, purely yeah. self interested salesperson out for themselves. Hmm. As which I call selling out. Those are what I call salesy behaviors, and and we've all experienced them at one point or another. So when you side, wrote, no, go ahead. go ahead, please. No, no, please go ahead. Well, the, so the I believe that those behaviors have no value for buyers. So we hmm. could stop them today. Today we could just say universally across the world, everybody that indulges in those types of behaviors just stop because they don't help you. And if we stop today no one would be the worse off for it. Hmm. So, so the the counterpart to selling out is what I call selling in, which is, yeah, we're going to lean on these core human attributes we have that we're wired, as humans, we are wired to do, hmm. which I call connection, curiosity, understanding, generosity, and use those to be able to help our buyers make informed decisions with less investment of their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you created this book, do you, did the title come first or did the situation no. comes first? The, 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 the situation came first. The title title came about uh, relatively late in the game, actually. Okay. So 
Yeah, so was, may I ask what what was the first two choices, or this was the only choice? I'm not even sure I remember the the first few. I mean, there's probably been a handful before this one, hmm. but it's it is a. I had the idea. I just didn't. It was nice to have the title, sort of this unifying through line um, to pull everything together. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I credit my editor with helping come up with that that title. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Thank you, uh, thank you, editor for, for yeah, that. Amanda, Amanda Lewis. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you again. So you know, uh, let me ask you this. So, sure. how did it trigger for you to start this book? Was there like a gap that no one really had, or this was from your observation? What, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, a combination. So yeah, I. Start with my observations and frustrations with with the way selling is done, hmm. and then yeah, I, I as I started writing it, it was like yeah, no one's really focused on it this way, hmm. and so yeah, I, I did try to fill what I thought was really a pressing need for people to be able to hear the message that there's no a there's there's a bad way to sell which we don't want to indulge in. But beyond that, we're trying to figure out the best way to sell is the best way is the way that is best for us as individuals. And and the book is a roadmap really for people to say, yeah, this is how I can become or start to become the best version of myself in a sales context. Mm -hmm. And also as a a guide for managers and leaders to say, yeah, well, this is these are the elements we should be trying to develop in our sellers. So when when you're selling something, do you do we look at numbers or do we look at the quality and and the best way to sell? No, explain what you mean. So there there's a quote that I I I, I read and it says, "Do not focus on numbers, but focus on what you do best." So yeah, well, I think, I, well, I think I. I think maybe another way to phrase that is, yes, don't focus on numbers as much as focus on the outcomes for the buyer, right? If you can help the buyer achieve their desired outcomes hmm. and do that with enough regularity, you're, you're going to hit your, your targets. You're going to make the money you want as a salesperson. Hmm. You know, Zig Ziglar talked about, you know, if you help, sort of paraphrasing, if you help enough other people get what they want out of life, you'll get what you want out of life. And, and that should inform your actions says, yeah, I'm here to help you. If I can help you achieve these outcomes, which are most important to you, then I will achieve the outcomes then that are important to me. Yeah. 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 So thank you. Thank you again. So, you know, sales and telemarketing and I guess sales, right? So what are the two differences? Because telemarketers can become pushy and so can salesperson, right? But how do we, how do we say no? when when they're becoming pushy just say no <laughs> yeah, yeah but some people they feel bad that's what i'm saying and well yeah don't so feel what, bad i mean is if if you're not interested just hang, say no and hang up uh and they'll go call somebody else and they'll forgotten about you in two seconds because they're on to the next call hmm. yeah i mean it's that job of let's say consumer-based telemarketing is you know not easy work I mean, and uh, yeah, yes, sir. Develop a little bit of a resilience in terms of you know people perhaps being rude to you. Yeah, you're it's because purely interrupt driven, right? I'm interrupting people doing something else. And sure. from a business to business standpoint, 
yeah, we do a little bit of that as well. You know, we have people that are job is to make proactive outbound phone calls, cold calls. But if you are providing a service though, too, and that's, that's the point that, that you have to have in mind as you're approaching people is that I'm, I'm selling something that is valuable to companies that when they utilize this product and a service, the trick is, and these are very noisy times, is just capturing a bit of a time and attention of the person you're talking to, to be able to have them perhaps say, yeah, I want to continue to invest some time and learn more. Hmm. A person, you know, a person who's not a salesperson, how mm -hmm. can they start becoming a, a salesperson? What are the coach items do you give uh, their top three, let's say? What are your... What are your well, I mean, what are your nuggets that you give uh, people? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, not really comfortable calling people sales per persons. It's, I think you're just you're a person who's in sales, right? You're a person okay. who's selling because it implies a certain type, and there's there's not a type. It's just a it's a thing many people do, many different people do. I do it differently than you know everybody else in the world that does it, and everybody else in the world does it differently than me. I mean, it's like we all do it our own way. The commonality, though, is that, you know, we have to sort of come from a position of service is, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm, this is a service I provide. Selling is a professional service, just like many others, that I provide to help my buyers improve their businesses in one dimension or another. So you start with this, this element of service mm -hmm. there to help people. So in order to do that, in order to help them, what do you have to do? Well, you have to be able to connect them and on a human level so that you build some level of trust so they'll open themselves up to you, you know, asking questions that are, are, let's I call it sticking their nose into their business. Right. Right. Because the only way you can really learn what's important to your buyer and how you can help them is to be given that permission to ask those types of sort of penetrating um, questions that, that demand the buyer give you information that they wouldn't normally give to anybody outside the company. Hmm. Well, a person who's in a, um, let's say, who's a influencer and a entrepreneur, right? And they have mm -hmm. all these followers. These followers are maybe a community or just mm -hmm. followers in general. How do you convert those followers to, to people to buy? <laughs> well, that's, that's the that's the age old question, right? <laughs> Is yes. how do you do that? Because now we're coming to the digital world, right? So how do you how do you do that besides being uh, let's say if you send an email marketing instead of spamish, you want to send them a proper email with a promotion or whatever. So what? Are well, I, think, I think if you're an influencer, mm -hmm. you you have to first build that level of trust to become an influencer. You have to build that level of trust with the people that are in your audience that follow you. Yes. And so if you're going to abuse that trust by sending them spammy emails, then. <laughs> You'll lose that trust, right? You won't have of course, that. Of course, of course. So, part of the way you build that trust is to, again, as an influencer, you start by giving, right? So, how can I? What can I give? How can I give to help you in your world? If it's you know, for me as a sales influencer, is you know, what can I say? You know, I'm very conscious about the posts I make every day on LinkedIn. You know, is this going to help the people that that uh, that follow me? That that are looking for some sort of advice, some sort of really not even advice as much as they're just looking for a new perspective on something that, that they've been doing. They've undoubtedly read books, listen to podcasts, but that's really, I think 
our role is just to help people think perhaps differently than they have about what selling meant to them, for instance. Hmm. So yeah, in order to, to have people, you know, decide to, yeah, my followers to buy this book is, is yeah, has to, it starts with a level of trust and being first and foremost about them before yourself. Yeah, I, I think the trust goes a long way, doesn't it? And 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 to maintain that trust throughout the time, uh, that is also another thing, which uh, I, I guess that's what Back to Basics is all about, being being honest and truthful and just like a, a regular person, uh, you know, just like myself. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just operate with integrity. That's that's really the, the thing is people, if you say this is what people should do, then make sure you're doing those things yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy, thank you. Thank you again for that. Now, you've written this book. What is Andy Paul for the next five years? Are we having another book? <laughs> uh, I would like to have another book. Uh, I've got a, two or three in mind that that uh, are out there in various shape or form. Uh, so, yeah, I'd like to, yeah, before... While I'm still have the energy and and the ability to do it, I'd like to write some more books. Yes, awesome, awesome. Yeah, the next time when you do write the book, please do remind us and and uh, come back to this show, and then we'll talk about in detail about we'll that. We'll do that. Too. Appreciate the opportunity. And I will take my uh, abilities to get the book that you have now, and then have it have you signed, and we'll figure that out uh, on the details of that. But thank you again, Andy, for coming on the show. So before you leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was your journey on Back to Basics? And any last words for all the viewers and listeners uh, on my show? Um, no, that, this is great. Thank you for having me. And yeah, if people yeah, want to connect with me, please go to LinkedIn. It's probably the easiest way to do it. And yeah, connect with me and, and uh, message me if you'd like to have a conversation or visit my website at andypaul.com. And uh, you can buy my book wherever you buy books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Thank you again, Andy, for, thank you. for coming on the show and uh, very honored and uh, very grateful. And, and I'm glad that I connected you on LinkedIn. So yeah, thank you, me too. Thank you again. Thank you I again for that. This. Absolutely. Thank so you. So guys, we spoke with Andy today and we talked about the basics of selling and sales and how to be salesy and how to be human connected and how to build that trust that between the customer and you. Now, yes, In the middle of the episode, I did mention that there was a quote of the day, but the quote was already mentioned earlier during the episode. And here's the quote anyway, and I'm going to repeat it. Do not focus on numbers. Focus on doing what you do best. And now Andy's already explained the details of this uh, quote, and I'm glad that he did because you know what? It really, it's up to you how you want to deal with sales and, and be salesy and a human connection too. As usual, as always, what do I always say at the end of the episode? Everything in life goes back to basics and that's what we did today, guys. Guys, take care, God bless. Keep on commenting on all my episodes because it does help me to go beyond and be a great person thanks to you guys. And there are three things in every episode, including today's, is the best, which is the content and the guest and definitely the host. Guys, take care. God bless. And see you next week on Back to Basics. Take care. God bless. Next week's episode on Back to Basics. Called a white, white coat effect. Hmm. So you go to the doctor's office. Um, 
maybe you're uh, maybe you, you don't tend to measure your blood pressure. You go to the doctor's office, you're, you know, um, 142 over 80, which is elevated blood pressure. Let's just call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, now you start thinking that you're, you know, you're going towards hypertension. Um, but the reality is that if you were measuring your blood pressure at home, you'd probably be with, with you know, an FDA medically approved uh, mm-hmm. device. You'd be, you know, in a, in a normal range, which is in the 120s, 115s. Um, so that's something where we're seeing that.